God, we take this moment, we just pause, Lord. God, we pause in this, in this room all together as a family of followers of you, God. And, and, and Lord, uh, just because we go to church doesn't mean our lives aren't busy. And so, Lord, I just pray that, um, that uh, today, right now, you can, you can steady our hearts and our minds and, and open our ears and our eyes to see and hear what you have to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's great to see you this morning. Um, every time I get up here and have the privilege to get up here and speak to you guys, I feel like I need to start off um, as your family pastor of bragging on some of our family programs. And uh, before COVID, um, we had a program through our, our elementary kids uh, where they would raise money for a program called BGMC. It's Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. And so they raise money and we give it to BGMC. And BGMC gives money to missionaries all around the world uh, to, to provide a curriculum and, and, and materials and all this stuff so that, that people all over the world, kids, can learn about Jesus. And uh, when COVID kind of threw a wrench in everything and, and we weren't meeting in person and stuff, we kind of we put that on the back burner a little bit. But when we, when we started again, started going to church again, I wanted to, to think of something in the year of 2021, a goal that our kids can raise enough money to. But I didn't really know how many kids would be coming, and I, I kind of wanted to play it safe. And I said, you know, I'm just going to... I'm going to have a goal for our kids to raise $100 in the year of 2021. If they raise $100 in 2021, um, we'll be able to celebrate with a pizza party, you know, celebrate that we were able to raise money to go to missionaries and stuff like that all around the world. And so we were excited. And uh, I just want to tell you that um, it took them five weeks to raise $100 for missionaries uh, all around the world. And so... It's a great thing. So now I got to come up with a harder goal for them, um, but 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 we're gonna get there. We had our pizza party. We celebrated, and uh, we just love teaching our kids how important it is to give, and and not just to to receive, because we receive a lot of things in life, but it's really important to give. And in this month, in February, we've been doing our Love Does series, and. The whole idea is it's important to give, right? It's important to give of ourselves. Love, to love something, it means to do something. There, there has to be action there. And so, um, you know, February is a great month to, to, to learn about that because we, we experienced the holiday of Valentine's Day in February. Anybody in this room, like, you love Valentine's Day? It's like one of your favorite holidays? Yeah. Uh, uh. All right, Pam, good to see you. Um, my mom didn't raise her hand. My mom and dad are, are here today. Um, my mom, I think it might be one of my mom's favorite holidays because she would always just um, lavish gifts to me on Valentine's Day. And um, I remember one, one Valentine's Day, I was asleep in my bed. I, I don't know how old I was. I was in elementary school. And I woke up and, and my mom had made these uh, pink, red, and white balloon arches and put them over my room to, so that when I woke up, I celebrated Valentine's Day. It's been a huge, a huge thing for her. Um, uh, but for a lot of us, Valentine's may not be our, our favorite necessarily. We might like it. But for some of us, it, it may be a lonely holiday, you know, because uh, a lot of people feel that the whole love thing is, is more about romantic love. And, it, and, and if you're single in the room or something, you don't feel included. 
But I think it's been great for us to go through this Love Does series because it's important to recognize that whether you're single or, or widowed or, or whatever, we, we can show love to people every single day, love to our neighbors, and, and there's actions that come with that. And we've even talked about um, what it means to, to, to do that. Pastor Jerry, uh, a couple weeks ago, we, we, wrote, um, we wrote encouragement cards, or maybe it was last week, we wrote encouragement cards, and that was kind of our action item. And so I just love that, that we can celebrate love and, and learn um, not only when we say that we love someone or, 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 or love people, um, we need to recognize what are some ways that I'm actually showing that love. And I'm, I, I think a lot of us, um, I would be lying if, if I said that uh, it doesn't take time or energy to love someone or to show that love. And, and sometimes it can be hard to show your love to someone. It might take time, you might be tired. Um, but I, I want us today to look at the, the fact that if you really want to love others the way God loves you, you have to first learn to love yourself. And if you want to give of yourself to show love and appreciation to others, you have to, you have, to have something to give. And, and if you just feel like you're not loved by God or, or you don't feel worthy, it can be really difficult to show that love to other people if you don't have it for yourself. And so I want us to, to look at that today. We're going to be talking about fish for breakfast. We're going to be looking at the relationship between Peter and Jesus and how Jesus made breakfast for Peter. And we're going, to, we're going to read about how Peter really had to struggle with this idea of not feeling worthy and even screwing up. Uh, but Jesus was there to meet him where he was and, and, and to love Peter. God has called each and every single one of us. God has called us in three different ways. God has called all of us in this room to salvation, meaning that uh, Jesus died on the cross for us, and, and he calls each and every single one of us to accept him as our Lord and Savior, and when we do that, we receive salvation. God also calls us vocationally, so something that you feel that God has called you to do, a mission that God has called you to do on this earth, a, a purpose that he's given you. And then God also uh, calls us to tasks. He calls us to tasks, and what I mean by that is he calls us to our every single day responsibilities uh, that we need to get done. If you're a parent in the room, uh, you are called to take care of that child, and there are, there are tasks that you got to get done that I don't have to do because I don't have a child, um, but you're called to those things, right? And so we're called, but we're also told to love God and love others in every single area uh, of our calling. So in our salvation, we, we respond to the call and the love of God. In our vocation, we're supposed to put that to work, right, by fulfilling our purpose and, and loving other people. Um, and then in our tasks, we, we should be doing things that are, are showing love to, to one another. And if you're, you're fulfilling any of these callings, these ways that you're called, but you're not loving God and loving other people, then you're not, you're not being effective enough in, in achieving your calling. Because God wants us in all areas of our life to love others and love him. But like I said, oftentimes that takes energy. That takes, uh, takes time that, that we don't want to take. We're busy or we're tired. And, uh, and first we just need to sometimes know that, that God loves us. And, and we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm created by God. God loves me. He died on the cross for me. And I need to recognize uh, who I am in him. And when we do that and we receive his love and, 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 and then when we're called to show that love to other people, we can be a lot better at showing love to other people because we understand that we are loved ourselves. So 
I want us to look today into the life of Peter and Jesus. If we open our Bibles to Luke chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 11, and then we're going to read a story about when Jesus first meets Peter. So Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Okay, it says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon. Simon is also Peter. And asked him to put a little out from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night long and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up onto shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. So this is where Jesus first calls Peter. And Peter's a fisherman, and, and we see that Peter, had, he'd been fishing all night. And Jesus says, hey, let's go out there and, and let your, your nets down. And I'm sure Peter, in his mind, he's like, this guy's not a fisherman. You know, he's, he doesn't understand what's going on. I've been fishing all night long. This isn't going to work. But they put their nets down, and a miracle happens, right? They, they have so many fish, he's got to call his friend over. They've got, they got to bring these fish in. And at that moment, it says, Simon Peter, he saw this and he fell at his knees, Jesus' knees. And he said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. I think at this moment, Peter recognizes who Jesus is. Because Jesus got done preaching about, about who he was and, and he recognized you know, the, this miracle that he just saw, you know, really validated how great of a person that Jesus was. And his response is to get away from him. His response is, I'm a sinful man. He didn't feel worthy to be with Jesus at the time. He didn't want to follow Jesus. He said, Jesus, I'm, I'm a sinful guy. You're picking the wrong guy to follow you. And I think some of us today, we may follow Jesus, but we may be like Peter in this moment. We just don't feel worthy. We, we know that Jesus wants us to be close to him, but we don't feel like we can because we're, we're sinful people. And, and we respond by really pushing Jesus away. However, it says that Jesus then said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for people. You're not going to fish for fish. You're going to fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and followed him. So Simon Peter, it's this guy that we kind of see, he's not quite confident about this whole thing, about how good he is as a person. He's not sure if he can fulfill the calling that Jesus is going to put on his life. But he decides still with his friends to pull up their boats on shore, leave everything, and follow Jesus. Now if we turn to Matthew chapter 16... We're going to read verses 13 through 18, and I want us to, to just kind of follow the relationship that is built between Peter and Jesus. So we see how Peter, he, he was introduced to Jesus, wasn't sure about following this Jesus. 
He decides to leave everything and follow Jesus. And, and, and Jesus continues with his disciples to, to show them who he is. And, and they, they see miraculous signs and wonders that Jesus performs. And if we go to Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Well, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. What about you, Jesus asked? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give to you the kingdom or the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So this is kind of a different Peter. We've seen Peter, he's been following Jesus, and, and we took a Peter that didn't feel like he was worthy to follow Jesus to all of a sudden being called to be the rock on which Christ is going to build his church. And that's a pretty big calling. That's a, that's a lot to ask for a guy who, who didn't even want to be around Jesus, felt like he wasn't good enough to fulfill whatever Jesus was going to call him to do. And, and Jesus says, look, Peter, um, you recognize that I'm the Messiah, I'm the son of the living God, and, and you're going to be a rock, and I will build my church upon that rock. And so that's, that's a pretty outstanding statement. And so we would think, okay, great, Peter is this guy who who at first didn't really want to follow Jesus, didn't think he was good enough to follow Jesus. And look where he's gotten him. He recognizes that he's, uh, he's a, a follower of Jesus. He recognizes that Jesus um, is the Messiah, and Jesus calls him to be a rock and that he's going to build his church. So great job, Peter. You, you fulfilled your call, right? Peter's perfect now. Peter's perfect. He figured it out. His calling is to be the rock. But Peter's story doesn't end there. Peter's relationship with Jesus doesn't end there. If we turn to John chapter 13, we're going to read verses 31 through 38. We've got a lot of scripture to read through today, but bear with me. John chapter 13, verses 31 through 38. Now, now this story is, is sometime later. Uh, and it occurs at the Last Supper. And so if you're familiar with the Last Supper, you know this is the last time Jesus was going to share a meal before he went and died on the cross. And that there was a follower of Jesus named Judas who betrays Jesus. And he's going to go and betray Jesus. And because of that, Jesus is going to uh, be arrested and put on the cross to die. And so after Judas leaves the Last Supper, we have this occurrence between Jesus and Peter. Starting in verse 31, it says, When he was gone, so meaning Judas, so when Judas was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. He says, My children, I will be with you only a little, a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Then Simon Peter asks him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow, but you will follow later. 
Peter asks, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answers, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will, deny, uh, you will disown me three times. And so we see that Peter, the one that's called to be a rock, right, for Jesus, he, he's trying to figure out where Jesus is going. Jesus says, hey, I'm not going to be with you guys much longer because Jesus knows he's going to go, he's going to die on the cross. He says, where I'm going, you can't come. Peter's not satisfied. He's kind of confused. Where are you going, Jesus? That doesn't make sense. And Peter almost thinks that it's, it's where he's going. He doesn't want him to follow because it's dangerous or something. And Jesus is, or, uh, Peter's response is, hey, I'll follow you anywhere, Jesus. I'll lay my life down for you. I'm supposed to be your rock. I, I've got this. And Jesus' response, you know, he says, will you really, Peter? He says, in fact, I want to tell you, Peter, that before the rooster crows, you're going to disown me three times. You're going to deny that you even know of me three times. So you're here, you're talking the talk, but when it comes time to, to walk the walk, you're, you're not going to do it. There's still something in Peter's life. Uh, uh, he, he, he knows that he has a passion for Jesus, um, but he's just told that he's going to make a huge, huge mistake and, and completely disown his Messiah. So if we go to John chapter 18... We'll continue in this story. John chapter 18. We're going to read uh, verses 12 through 18. Then we're going to jump down to verse 25 through 27. And so some time has passed and, and Jesus, he's arrested by these soldiers, right? Because Judas, uh, Judas betrayed him and, and Jesus is arrested. And starting in verse 12, it says, Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Anas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. So essentially, what's important to know is that Jesus, he's arrested and he's going to be brought to a judge. He's going to be brought to be judged and questioned uh, to see what they're going to do with Jesus. If you go to verse 15, it says, Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back and spoke to a servant girl on duty there who brought Peter in. So to kind of put, put this picture in your mind, so Jesus is arrested. He's being taken to this courtyard to be questioned, okay? And Peter and another disciple are with him. They're following Jesus. They want to be with Jesus when Jesus is questioned. But as they go into the courtyard of this judge, uh, the disciple that's with Peter, he knows the high priest, so he can get in. So it's kind of like that thing where, you know, he tells his buddy, hey, wait here. I'm going to go in. They're letting me in, but I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm, I know somebody. We're going to try and get you back in, okay? So Peter is outside the courtyard waiting to be let back in, and the other uh, disciple speaks to a servant girl who goes and gets Peter to bring him into the courtyard. As she's bringing Peter in, verse 17, she says, you aren't one of the man's disciples too, are you? Peter replies, I am not. This is the same Peter that was called to be a rock that, that Christ was going to build his church on. And that doesn't make sense. Someone who's supposed to be a rock, supposed to stand up and, and say that he has a relationship with Jesus and fight for Jesus, the guy who... Just, just that night before, you know, he said he was going to lay his life down for Jesus, and now he's saying, I don't even know the guy. No, that wasn't, I don't, I don't know him. I'm not one of his disciples. 
verse 18, it says, It was cold out, and the servants and officials, they stood around a charcoal fire that they had made to keep warm. Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. And then in verse 19 through 21, they, they're asking, they're questioning Jesus, and Peter is there, he's in the courtyard, he's warming himself around this charcoal fire. And verse 25, it says, Meanwhile, Simon Peter, he was still standing there warming himself, and they asked him, Aren't you one of his disciples too? He denied it again, saying, No, I'm not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, pause for a sec, I forgot to let you know, Peter lopped a guy's ear off, okay? Um, but anyways, you can go back and read that later. Um, so essentially, this guy saw Peter with Jesus. He, he really thinks that Jesus is a disciple of Jesus. And so he says, didn't I see you with Jesus in the garden? And again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. So we see Jesus, uh, Peter just denied Jesus three times. He's standing around this fire, and these people are, are, are asking him, hey, that guy that, you know, that's being questioned right now, this Jesus guy, aren't, aren't you like one of his right-hand guys? No. No, I'm not. You got the wrong guy. And so we see this is a huge mistake. This is a huge, huge, um, he almost, you know, completely betrays Jesus. I mean, I mean, Judas really betrayed Jesus, but, but Peter, the, the guy that said that he was going to die for Jesus, that he was going to do anything he could, follow Jesus anywhere, he's not even willing to say that he knows him at this point. Now, I'm sure that, you know, I have to give Peter the benefit of the doubt and just, and just recognize that I think when Peter did this, you know, there was probably just so much guilt that, that he recognized. Um, because here he was, someone who gave his whole life to Jesus and and, and was, he saw Jesus as, as one of his greatest friends and his Messiah, and he's, he's not even going to, going to say that he knows him at this point, and he's going to disown him. And so I'm sure that Peter was consumed with, um, I don't necessarily know if it was self-hatred, but it was just this, this deep, probably, depression that, that came. I mean, I'm sure I would feel that way if, if someone's life was about to be taken, you know, Jesus is about to be hung on the cross, um, and, and I'm not even willing to say that, hey, that's my friend. That's, that's a tough thing to deal with. But Peter, he was called to be the rock on which Christ builds his church. And that's interesting because how is he supposed to fulfill that call if at this point he just feels so lowly about himself? And so we see that, that Jesus, he dies on the cross, and we know that, that he was raised again three days later. And after he was raised again, if we turn to John chapter 21, we're going to start reading in verse 15. Oh, I'm sorry. 21, starting in verse 2. And so Jesus, he, he came back to life, and he's going to meet with his disciples. And this is the first time that he reconnects with Peter since Peter had made uh, those, those three uh, disownments of Jesus. It says, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, and the sons of Zebedee, and, other, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they had caught nothing. So once again, I don't, I don't know if Peter was really that good of a fisherman, because he's caught nothing twice now. Okay? Um, so they catch nothing. They fish all night. 
Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the, the disciples did not recognize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because there was such a large number of fish. Isn't this super similar to how Jesus first met Peter? And so here we go. Peter again is probably, they don't recognize that it's Jesus at the moment. They're like, this guy is on the shore and we've been fishing all night. And he says, go fish over here. All right, let's try it. And there are so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and jumped into the water. I'm always curious, Simon Peter must be a, kind of an interesting guy because he went swimming, but he put his clothes on to go swimming. And I don't know, I just feel like I would probably keep my, my cloak off to go swimming, but that's all right. Um, so he jumps into the water, he, he swims, he's so excited to see Jesus, he's not even going to wait for the boat to come in. He's, he's going to Jesus as fast as he can. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals, a charcoal fire, with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. The, the, uh, it was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. So this, this story is, is really similar to how Jesus first met Peter and first called Peter. He put a, a calling on Peter's life, telling him, hey, leave everything. I'm, I'm not going to make you fish for fish. You're going to fish for men if you follow me. And we see that this is happening again. They weren't catching any fish. Jesus says, hey, cast your net over here. They, they do that. And, uh, and, and they, they haul in a bunch of fish. And so when, when Peter meets Jesus at the shore, Jesus has set a charcoal fire. Do we recognize somewhere else that we've read where there was a charcoal fire? It was a charcoal fire that Peter was warming himself around when he denied Jesus three times. And Jesus has this charcoal fire set. He has breakfast ready for his disciples. He says, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And so Jesus, he came, he took bread and he gave it to them and he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Verse 15, it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. So then Peter turns and he sees that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following behind them. When Peter saw him, he said, Lord, what about him? 
Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. So they have breakfast with Jesus around a charcoal fire where, where Jesus had, uh, you know, connected with Peter again for the first time since he was raised back to life. And after they had breakfast, we know that they, they went on a walk together. And, and you may wonder how we know that. That's because when Jesus tells Peter the way that he's going to die, uh, it says Peter turned around and saw that the, the other disciple was following behind them. So we know they were walking. So Jesus was having an intimate, it's not like they were having a conversation and he told everybody how Peter was going to die or how he needed to feed his sheep or anything. This was an, an intimate one-on-one conversation between Peter and Jesus as they were walking on the beach after breakfast. And we see Jesus says, Simon, do you love me more than these? Peter's response is, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. That's the first time that Jesus asked him. Jesus asks him again, Simon, do you love me? That's the second time. And he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then he asks a third time. And Peter, he's hurt that, that he had to ask him a third time. But he says, yes, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Now, I wonder if, if that third time Peter recognized how he denied Jesus three times and Jesus just really reinstated him three times. Jesus used this moment as a one-on-one with Peter to get him back on to that calling, back onto that mission and, and, and reinstating Peter to let him know, Peter, you know, I know that you screwed up, but here we are again. You have a chance to, to respond to me and I, I love you. I'm gonna meet you wherever you're at. You know, you might be in a place where you are so down on yourself for denying me and then I went and died, but I'm here to tell you I still love you. I still, you're still called to be that rock on which I'm going to build my church. But it was up to, to, G, uh, to, to Peter to respond to that. If you look at the Greek, the word for love, there's, there's different words for love, but, but the two uh, words in Greek for love that are used here in this interaction, there's agape, which is a word that um, is used to describe the kind of love that God has, and, and it's an everlasting love, it's a much deeper love. And then you have the word phileo that's also used, and phileo is uh, more of like a brotherly love, a mutual affection, okay? So we see that Simon is asked, Simon Peter is asked, do you love me? And Jesus says, do you agape me? Do you deeply love me the way that, that, that God loves? And Simon's response is, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But he uses the word phileo. It's a mutual affection, a brotherly love. Not necessarily as deep as that agape love would have been. And there's scholars that kind of disagree on what the reasoning would be, but, but, but let's continue to read here. So, so Jesus says, do you love me? Deeply love me, agape me? And he says, yeah, sure, Jesus, I love you. Yeah, you know that. But he doesn't match Jesus, doesn't go to Jesus' level of a, as deep of a love as Jesus is calling him to. And he asks him a second time, do you love me, agape, do you deeply love me, Jesus, uh, Peter? Peter's response, yeah, Lord, you, you know that I phileo you, I brotherly love you, I have mutual affection for you. And then the third time Jesus asks, he says, okay, Peter, do you love me? And, and Jesus himself stops using the word agape there and uses the word phileo. Do you, do you have mutual affection, brotherly love for me? And that's when, when, Jesus, uh, when Peter responds and says, yes, I, I phileo you, I, I have mutual affection for you. 
And you can kind of be confused as to, as to what all that means, but I, I really think that, that there's a reason why the two words were used. And it's really to show that God, Jesus, was, was calling Peter to love him deeply, to have deep affection for him, and to love Jesus the way that Jesus loved him. And Peter's response, um, it's not the same word. It's not as, as deep of a word. And so, um, and so Jesus asks him a second time, and the third time Jesus meets Peter where he's at. And Jesus recognizes if, if, if Peter's not there to say, yes, Lord, I agape you, I, I, I deeply, deeply love you, then Jesus says, well, let's just start at that phileo word then. Peter, do you love me? Do you have mutual affection for me? I'm going to meet you where you're at. And so Jesus today calls each and every single one of us. And as we've, as we've learned through our Love Does series, we're called to love others. But if, if we don't have a, a recognition of the love that Jesus has for us, it's going to be really hard to love others. It's going to be really hard to give other people, uh, give our, of ourselves to other people if we ourselves don't have love in our heart. God's call is great for every single one of us. He may not have a, a, a conversation with you the way that he had with Peter, say that you're going to be the rock on which I build my church and, and, and stuff, but, but God still has a great calling on your life. He wants to do amazing things through you. But we have to be like Peter and, and respond to that call. And that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. You might be like Peter and think, man, I've, I've made so many mistakes. I'm not worthy. I'm a sinner. What, what was Peter's response when he first met Jesus? He said, I'm a sinner, Lord. Get away from me. But Jesus is always wanting to meet us wherever we're at, to let us know that we're loved, that we're cared for, and that we're called to big, big things, but we have to respond and we have to receive that love and we have to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm a wonderfully created child of God. And God loves me so, so much. And, and, and I'm worthy to, 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 to receive his love because Jesus just loves me so much that he was willing to die on the cross for me. And when we do that and we receive his love and, and we get a better picture of ourselves, of, of how much we're loved, we're going to be able to love others in a, in a much deeper way. So as our, our band comes up and, and concludes us this morning, um, I wanted us to have some action items, some things that we can do today uh, to kind of put this into work. Um, Pastor Jerry had last week a, an action item for us to, to write um, encouragement notes to those that we felt needed encouragement or, or, or whatever it was. And, and so for our action item today, I think there might be some of you in this room that, that maybe you're not in that situation like Peter was that we read, where, where you recognize that you're loved and, and you have love in your life, but maybe you know someone that really needs to hear that they're loved today. Maybe you know someone that, that really, they might be a caring person, a kind person, but you know that they don't see themselves as loved. They don't see themselves as worthy to respond to Jesus' call in their life. And so if you know someone like that, and maybe God is just going to put a name in your heart right now. I want you to just take the time right now to pull out your phone or your notepad and just make a note. I need to call this person today or tomorrow or we need to get coffee this week. And I need to just speak with this person. Let them know that God values them, that God loves them. 
And I just want us to kind of take moments um, to, like these, to just see, you know, whether we need to reach out to somebody or whether we ourselves need to have that reinstatement moment right now, like Peter had with Jesus. Maybe you've responded to Jesus' call before, but you've made some great mistakes. And because of those, you've been hesitating to get back on mission with where God is calling you to. And if that's, and if that's the place that you're at, I want you to know that, like Jesus did with Peter, he's going to meet you wherever you're at. He's going to meet you and call you and let you know that, hey, you are loved. You are loved. You are valued. And even when you've screwed up, I'm going to be here for you. And I still want you to fulfill the purpose that I've put on your life. And so if that's you today, I just want you to take a moment while, while our band is singing. And I just want you to have that moment with Jesus and just to pray to him and say, God, I'm, I'm here. Jesus, I'm here. And I don't feel loved and I don't recognize how, how much you love me or how valuable I am to you. And I just want you to, to let me know, to be with me in this moment, to meet me where I'm at so that, so that I can fulfill the call, so that I can go back on mission with you. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you just don't feel like Jesus is calling you to either of those action items. Maybe God's not putting a name in your heart or, or you just don't feel like you need to have that reinstatement moment with Jesus. I just ask for you to just think of ways that we can end this month. It's the last day of the month. It's March tomorrow already, but, but that doesn't mean that this love does stops here. Think of ways in this next month that you can show your love to your community, to your family, physically, so that they know that you love them. Let's take a, a moment of prayer and then the band is going to lead us in, in song. Jesus, God, I pray for every person in this room or watching on our live stream, Lord. God, I pray for those of us, Lord, that, that you are going to use to tell others that they are loved and that they are valued. And so, God, I pray that you put a name in our heart, Lord, someone that we know, whether they're a coworker or a family member or whatever, that that you want us to make a note to speak with them this week, or maybe it's even today, Lord. As we leave, we, we call them on the phone or send them a text letting them know, hey, I just want to remind you that, that Jesus loves you. He's going to meet you wherever you're at. God, I pray for those of us in that room, uh, in this room that, that need a reinstatement moment. They need to they need to recognize that, yeah, they've made mistakes, but that you are still calling them to do great things. And Lord, you want to meet them where they are. Lord, if there's people in this room or at home, if they just want to raise a hand, if they feel like that they just need a reinstatement moment with you, God, I just pray that as we raise our hands this morning, God, and just say that, Lord, we need you to meet us where we are. We feel like we've screwed up, we're ashamed, and just meet us in this moment of brokenness, Lord. God, I pray for those that have their hands raised, Lord God, be with us, Lord. Meet us in our brokenness and reinstate us to our calling. God, you're calling the, every single one of us to do great, great things, but we must respond in you and follow you in order to achieve that calling, Lord. God, I pray for every single person in this room, Lord, if we have any sort of way that, God, you may put on our heart to physically show love to others in the next month or, or today or, or whatever it is, God, to our family or our, our friends, random strangers on the street, Lord. God, I just pray that we recognize that we are to love you and we are to love our neighbor. 
And even no matter what we're called to do, whether we're called to be a, a nurse or a, or a pastor or, or a mechanic, whatever it is, God, you've called us to a purpose and we are supposed to love you and love others in every single part of our work life, of our family life. And so God, I, I pray that you just speak that to our hearts today, Lord. Remind us that we are people that are supposed to love and show love to others. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and wrap stand up the song. Up. We gotta stand together and sing.